Welcome to the Stop Down Photography Podcast, episode 40. I'm Scott Davenport. Today's topic, artists make great photos, gear solves problems. Hi, welcome. Thanks for joining me today. I'm glad to be back with you for another chat about photography, this passion that we share. And in today's episode, let's take one more step on our never-ending journey of photography. As a photo educator, a general photo resource, I get asked a lot of questions. And I love questions. Many of these questions start off with, what is the best dot, 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 you know, fill in your question. And rarely, and I mean rarely, is the dot, dot, dot in these best questions about the craft of photography. It's not a question like, what is the best way to learn how to interpret light? Or what is the best way to develop my own style? I get those from time to time. But more often, the types of questions are about camera gear, accessory equipment, software tools. What is the best camera, wide-angle lens, raw processor, laptop, ball head? Fill in what you're in the market for. And I totally get it. We tend to ask these questions when we're going to drop some well-earned money on something and we want reassurances. In today's episode, I want to challenge your way of thinking about quote-unquote best gear. Because what is best depends a lot on what your vision is and the barriers you face to reach that vision. If you enjoy today's podcast, please share it with a friend, share it on your social media accounts with your camera club, and if you can, please leave a rating on Apple Podcasts. Fresh current ratings help others find out about the show. And thanks for the couple of fresh ratings we got in the last week. Really, really appreciate that. All right, so questions that lead off with what is the best, these, um, these are next to impossible to answer. Let's step outside of photography for just a moment to illustrate this. Have you ever seen one of those classic signs in a diner or those grab-and-go spots and say, New York City, world's best coffee, and you probably ignore the sign or at best shake your head and chuckle? What if you asked, what is the best apple pie? You can expect a lot of opinions. And the reason there's no best coffee or best apple pie, people have many different tastes. People like strong coffee or weak coffee. They like sweets. They don't like sweets. They like tart. You know, the list goes on and on and on. So back to photography, we think about the best question. Let's take an example. What is the best camera? It's very open-ended, even within a subgenre. What is the best camera for landscape photography or street photography? It's still a very broad question. And the market itself tells us there's no single answer. If there were a best way to do X or a best piece of equipment to do Y, the answer would be singular. There would be one camera available to us. There would be no alternatives. You know, make up a company. Widget Co. made the best camera and they got it. They figured it out. All other cameras are unnecessary. No more need to shop around. The answer is predetermined. We wouldn't even need to ask the question. Sidebar, a knee-jerk reaction is sometimes, oh, that sounds perfect. I'd even take just the best portrait or the best street or the best landscape camera. 
But in the real world, that leads to a monopoly. It leads to overinflated pricing, a lack of choice, a lack of innovation. And I think we all know inherently we want competition and innovation. We want companies pushing the boundaries to win over new customers. It benefits all photographers and keeps the industry vibrant. So instead of asking a best question, I want to challenge you. Try a different approach. You're thinking about a new camera, lens, software tool, bag, whatever, some piece of gear, some device. Take a moment reflect and ask yourself about the artistic problems you're facing. Why are you looking for that new piece of gear? What artistic barriers do you face? What creative hurdles are you trying to clear? And will this piece of gear help you solve those problems? When I am asked a best question from a fellow photographer, I always ask a set of follow-up questions. Let's continue with this best camera theme. A reasonably common question is, I'm thinking about going full frame for my next camera. You know, what's the best full frame camera? Okay, well, what type of photography do you do? Why aren't you getting the results you want from your current camera? What problem does full frame solve for your craft? Now, let's see, if you're a portrait photographer and you're looking to get smoother, more shallow depth of field, Okay, that might be a reason. Full frame can give some really buttery bokeh. If you're a landscape photographer, you're struggling with dynamic range. All right, full frame offers some advantages there. Thinking again for landscape photographers, uh, wide angle photos. With full frame, that 16 millimeter focal length, I'm gonna get all that 16 millimeter goodness, you know, no loss to an effective focal length. Now maybe these things matter to you, to your photography. Maybe it's something else entirely different, but you see the point here. Now we're talking about the challenges facing the photographer, the problems that might need solving. Issues that maybe a piece of equipment or a new tool can solve, or at least lower barriers. Maybe it makes it easier to achieve your vision. And maybe, as I was talking through that example, you might have thought of some different solutions to those problems I posed. You need smoother bokeh? Maybe you need a new lens, it's not the camera. Maybe it's the lens that would help you overcome that problem and full frame isn't the answer, or at least it's not the only answer. So there isn't a best, but I do believe there is a best for you. And what is best for you depends on you, your art, and your current needs. To say that gear doesn't matter is dismissive. I'm not saying that at all. Gear certainly plays a role in photography. We need cameras, we need lenses, we need gear to make a photograph. What I'm saying is pay attention to the problems you're trying to solve, and then choose the gear that helps you overcome them. Some gear is better suited to some types of photography more than others. As a landscape photographer, I need a tripod to make ultra-long exposures. And if my long exposures are soft, well, maybe I need a sturdier tripod to keep my camera still. If you're into bird photography and are having trouble capturing fast-moving subjects and keeping them sharp, maybe a camera upgrade with better subject tracking and a stronger autofocus system is what you need. And I'll pay good money for good gear, gear that will last, gear that will solve problems gear that advances my photography. The right gear lowers barriers, 
and addresses the problems that you, the photographer, need to overcome to achieve your vision. Your camera, your lenses, your software, all of that are tools to help you create your art. And you want the right tools for the job, for your job. And you decide how to put that gear to use. It's you, the artist, that makes the great photograph. three personal examples of using this uh, problem-solution approach to making gear and tool choices. And uh, in all cases, I actually did make a purchase, although it might not be the one you think of right away. So let me run down these for you and, and tell you how I approached the do I need some gear, or do I need some equipment to help solve the problem I'm trying to overcome. So problem number one, this is back in 2014, it's actually on the processing side of things, I needed to get into layering. I'd reached a certain point in the post-production of my photos where I could benefit from certain blend modes, like the light and blend mode or the dark and blend mode. I was exploring composites and texture blending. At the time, I was using Apple's Aperture, which does not have layers. And Photoshop was still a multi-hundred-dollar, buy-it-once-own-the-license kind of package. It was out of my price range. And I settled on, on one's perfect photo suite at the time. That had layers. It was the right price point. It solved the problem that I had at the time, and it let me move my photography forward. It was the best choice that fit my constraints at the time, solved my problem, and my photography improved because of it. Second example, this is somewhere in the 2016 range, and it had to do with managing filters in the field. So I have a bunch of filters, right? Polarizers and neutral density filters, and carrying them and having ready access to them was becoming a problem. And part of the problem is driven by my style of photography. I photograph at the ocean a lot, and many times I'm ankle, calf, knee-deep in water. There is no ground to put things down on to open up a filter case, and I can't lay something down next to me and go through the gear and get things out. I needed something off the ground I didn't have to hold in my hands and ready for access when I needed the filters. And the solution was a filter hive from MindShift. And this is still one of the best gear purchases I have ever made. $50, one of the best things I've ever bought because it solves field problems for me continually. You know, now it holds my filters, it holds my remote, it holds lens wipes, all sorts of stuff, and it's right at my fingertips. You know, it was just game-changing for my field workflow. I'll put a link in the show notes to the bag. Uh, it, I can't speak highly enough of it. It solved the problem that I had of managing my glass while I was out in the field and not having the luxury of being able to put something down on the ground. Okay, here's story number three. This is more the temptation. So let's see, it's 2017 in this uh, temptation story here. 
the Sony a7R 3 was released. This is already, by Sony's standards, an old camera. The a7R 4 has come, and I'm sure the a7R 5 is going to be around the corner soon. But uh, at the time, I'd been shooting with a Sony a7R and an a7R 2. Well, okay, the a7R 3 comes along, right? Logical, I would go and get the new camera. And I took a look at the a7R 3 and what is it bringing to the table? And like all new bodies do, it had some improvements, but you know, nothing was really jumping out at me as like, wow, this is a killer feature for me. The big features I remember was the longer battery life and something called pixel shift technology for this very high resolution, highly detailed photos. I was like, hmm, okay, they kind of sound good. And then I thought about my photography, my shooting styles, do I have problems in these areas? Uh, well, batteries? I actually don't. I'm not a prolific shooter. I'm not out for you know eight, nine, ten hours at a time and having problems with batteries dying on me. I have a few batteries and I'm kind of good and usually I don't need to swap it more than more than once. So that wasn't a, a selling point for me. Pixel shift, when I dug into what it does and what scenes it's good for, where you have scenes with very little motion, well then, okay, because the camera has to take four photos while it shifts around the actual sensor, and if anything moves between those four frames, well, the pixel shift doesn't buy you much. I mentioned earlier, I photograph the ocean a lot. The ocean is never still. And so I wasn't going to get a lot out of my main photo subject. And I saw that about landscapes. Well, a lot of things move in landscapes too. You know, the breeze moves the trees, clouds move in the sky. This wasn't the technology for me. So in the end, I did not get an A7R 3 I did make a purchase though. Instead, I bought a second A7R 2 because why? The price came really far down. And now I had a backup body two uh, identical cameras that now I can solve a different problem I had in the field, switching lenses between my camera body of choice, my a7R II. No longer switching lenses out in the field. Now I'm shooting at the beach with a lot of salt and a lot of sand in the air. It is great not having to swap lenses. I need to go between my 16 to 35 to my 24 to 70. I'm now just switching camera bodies. It sped up my workflow in the field, and I certainly saved money buying a, another A7R 2 compared to a new shiny R3. And guess what? I'm still shooting with those same two cameras today, three plus years later. A special thank you to supporters on Patreon and our newest member, Rebecca. Thanks very much for joining us. I am so appreciative to the Patreon members. It is your support that makes this podcast possible. It supports the other free tutorials I do on YouTube. You're helping thousands of other photographers enjoy photography. If you're interested in learning more about the Patreon community, check the show notes, and there's a support the show button on all pages of Stop Down Podcast where you can learn more. That wraps up this week's episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope this gives you a, another perspective on your gear purchases. Think about what that gear is going to do to help move your photography forward. 
and if you are hitting a roadblock or a limitation of your current gear, that is your clue, that's your indicator. Well, maybe it's time to look around at what the industry has to offer. If you enjoyed today's podcast, please rate it and review it on Apple Podcasts and do share it with a friend. And until next time, my name is Scott Davenport. Have fun. Thank you.